What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. It's the What's Good Podcast. Ladies and gents, this is Brianna Javon with What's Good Podcast, and thank you guys so much for tuning in for season two. As you guys know, I don't have interviews. Instead, I have genuine conversations, so let's get into it. And so for the guest today, I'm super excited to have her with me. I have Tiffany Ellis. How are you? I'm outstanding. How are you? So good. I'm doing amazing. Okay, there we go. You know? <laughs> when you said that, Pause PR, I was like, oh my gosh, she says that. And I say amazing. And it's always mm-hmm. a conversation starter. I'm like, it is. They would say, oh, you know, I'm doing good. I never heard amazing. I'm like, mm hmm. Yeah. I stole that from my husband. He always says outstanding. And I was like, that's really catchy. So I just started saying it too. And it works. And so, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and so as you guys know, if you've been listening to any of my old episodes, I always start off with an icebreaker. Okay. This is just to calm the mood. Some people get like a little, Brie, I'm nervous. So this is to calm the nerves. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so for you, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, gosh. Um, where do I see myself in five years? You know what? I know for sure. Um, my training company will be up and running. I'll have a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. I know for sure I'll be speaking lots of places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure Paz and PR will be um, international and it will be a pretty big deal. So, yeah. I believe that. I do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do. We're going to get into Paz and PR <laughs> because let me tell y'all, I love it. Thank you. And so, um, this is a good little segue. Okay. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What do you do? All that good stuff. All right. So, you know, that's a very difficult question. I am Tiffany Ellis. Um, I do a lot of things. So um, I think when I first became an entrepreneur, I felt like I had to say that I did one thing. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out what that one thing was that I did to Mm -hmm. make sure that I was able to clearly communicate that to people. Um, Now I understand that I have a lot of gifts. Yes. And so I use them all. Mm-hmm. And so I do some graphic design work. Mm-hmm. Um, I do makeup sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, podcast. I have I have my event, Pause and PR. I have a training company and I speak and mm-hmm. I just do a lot of things, all things relative to development and creativity. So that's kind of like my ballpark. Okay. Yeah. So that is one thing I wanted to ask you as far as your gift. What do you feel is your gift? And when did you receive confirmation like, oh my gosh, God, I see what you did there. Yeah. This is something I should share with other people. Um, so different gifts at different times. I have always been artistic, so I can draw very well. I used okay. to draw when I was a kid. Okay. So when I got older, I didn't like drawing anymore, mm-hmm. but I found makeup and I liked makeup and makeup okay. is a form of art, right? right. So um, I realized then that was a gift because I never went to any like place to learn how to do makeup. I just started doing it. I watched YouTube videos, mm-hmm. tried it on my friends. It turned out well. Next thing I knew, I was doing makeup with a celebrity makeup artist in Georgia. Wow. So that worked out for some time. Okay. Um, and then as far as leadership and training and development went, um, I just realized when I was in corporate environments, like I would be the person who my managers would say, hey, can you work with this person? Can you teach them how to do this or that? Mm-hmm. And I could do it very well. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, that's a skill, obviously. Right. Um, I'm the oldest sister. I have four little brothers from my mom's mm-hmm. side. So I've always kind of been like motherly. Okay. And I guess at that time it was called bossy. But <laughs> as, I got, <laughs> as I got older, mm-hmm. it became more of a skill just being able to lead people. Okay. And then... 
people would always say, you know, you're really an inspiration or you really motivate me. And I kept hearing those two words come up. Like it was a reoccurring theme over and over and over again. And so mm -hmm. I was like, maybe this is something that really is like a gift of mine. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I just started, you know, making a couple YouTube videos, going live on Instagram. People started watching. It would mm -hmm. come my inbox and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I really appreciated this. Right. And then I was like, okay, this is really a thing. Like yeah. I'm actually impactful. Mm -hmm. um, so I just ran with it and just, I prayed to God, you know, to really allow me to find a way to live in that space because a lot of times when you're working on a job and you're only asked to do certain things, right. like you don't get the chance to really spread your wings. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. now as an entrepreneur, I didn't have like a, a brick and mortar location selling a product, mm -hmm. but my gifts are my product. And so I had to find a way to use those to communicate and connect with others. I love it. Thank and you. so what would you say would be the difference between a skill set and your gift? Um, it's the same thing. So, I mean, I guess it could kind of be the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like with a skill set, you can learn skills. Right. A gift, I believe, is something that just comes naturally. Because, mm -hmm. like, a lot of times people say, you know, I want to just find my purpose. And my mm -hmm. friend gave me this sign. I thought it was beautiful. It said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. And then the purpose of life is to give your gift away. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, God gives us all gifts that things we're just naturally inclined to do. Right. And our purpose is to do those things, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. instead of looking for what is my purpose? No, right. it's what is my gift. And once you figure out what mm -hmm. your gift is and your, your purpose is to give that gift to other people. So I love that. I like the sign too. I thought it was cool. <laughs> so I appreciated her buying it for me because it really it simplified this whole mm -hmm. question about what is my purpose in life and it just made it all make that's sense. That's the whole book. Yeah. The purpose of life, I believe. And I never thought about once you find your gift, that is your purpose to give. Yeah, just give your gift away to other people. So how can you do that? So because I'm a leader mm -hmm. and I love kids, okay, so I started serving in my church and now mm -hmm. I'm going to start working with the youth and, you know, I'm doing different things like that. And because I love to develop people, I created Pause and PR. Mm -hmm. And this is mm -hmm. a gift of mine. When when I'm not, you know, I'm not a therapist and I'm not um, an HR professional, but I can have conversations mm -hmm. that involve therapy and then involve HR. And people right. are, are transparent and they open up to me and they feel mm -hmm. comfortable that's a gift because yeah. everybody can't curate those kinds of conversations and be able to get that level of transparency from people you know yeah so but you, you do it yeah, <laughs> it's your gift too about that, where yeah. people like breathe like people are just so comfortable with you mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't know why yeah. and i'm thinking maybe that's a gift it's a gift because i can just come across and just meet somebody and they're like girl I just opened up my whole life to yes. you and i'm like yeah you did but i enjoyed it <laughs> i mean i met you so i met you online but then i met you in person mm -hmm. and it was like it was so comfortable. Like yeah, it was like yeah. I knew you already, and so mm -hmm. that's a gift of yours because some people you meet and you gotta kind of be like, eh, let me figure you out before I really. You don't give that vibe off, so that's mm -hmm. a gift of yours. Yeah. Thank you. No I'm problem. Still trying to get confirmations every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so uh, with pods and PR, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. elaborate on it because yes. I feel like you don't hear about this concept a lot no you don't <laughs> at all like you're my first time i know <laughs> so let's give the people that's a gift from god <laughs> right. yeah yeah so you want to know it okay yes so pause and pr um to explain it to people who haven't heard of the platform, it's basically a book club, but with podcasts. That's the easiest way to explain it. So if you can think about a book club, everybody reads a book, they come together and they talk about the book. Right. So I'm a geek. 
And I love books, mm-hmm. audio books. I love podcasts. I mm-hmm. love sermons, everything that you can kind of listen to on the go because I'm a busy person. Right. And so um, when I originally got the idea, I was driving back and forth to work an hour and a half each way. Okay. And I used to listen to a ton of audio books and a ton of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I moved to Texas, I was talking to one of my coworkers and I was like talking about a podcast I listened to. Okay. And so I was like, listen to this podcast. And then lunchtime, I want us to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. So we, you know, <laughs> we did it. And I was like, this is fun. What if we could get some of our friends together? And she was like, okay. You know, <laughs> so, so, um, I, I, you know, set up a little event and at the time I was working a job, but I set up an event mm-hmm. and I got like six girlfriends together. I, you know, I ordered some food and mm-hmm. had them come over to my, my clubhouse at my apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And we, um, just sat around and we listened to, um, one of Oprah's podcast episodes actually kind of got us started. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was interviewing Eckhart Tolle and we talked about, um, seat of the soul and just that kind of stuff. Right. And so everybody left and they were like, oh my God, this was amazing. Like I really enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But I was working a job and I was busy. Okay. So I was like, okay, put that to the back burner. It's mm-hmm. a cool concept. I have this. Nobody's doing it. Right. And I'll do it in the future. Mm-hmm. Well then, unbeknownst to me, I'd lose my job, you know, <laughs> down right. the line. Right. So I lose my job and then I'm like, I miss talking to people. I miss leading people. I miss... I miss that interaction. I miss mm-hmm. the, my, my intellectual, like being an, an intellect. I miss those kinds of interactions with people. Right. And when you're an entrepreneur, if you don't put yourself in environments where you're around other professionals, mm-hmm. you find yourself at home all the time by yourself. So shame. I was like, I have to find a way to get around people. And mm-hmm. I was teaching cycling at the time. Yes. So I was like, okay, well, let me go ahead and just I'm gonna open it up to the public. I was a little bit afraid because mm-hmm. I didn't think that anybody would want to come to a book club mm-hmm. or a park club. Right. I didn't think that anybody would be interested in purchasing a ticket. I was like, how do I make this appealing? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, people like to drink. So let me let me so serve true. some mimosas. Right. So true. So true. <laughs> they like food. Let me get some food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can suck them in. And so that's what I did. And the first conversation I had here in Dallas was about mental health. And that's a sticky topic because people don't like talking about mental health. True. And so I met this dope dope, dope therapist, the homegirl therapist. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I stumbled across her on Instagram. We connected and I was like, you know what? I would love for you to come to my event and then just help to balance the conversation because you have the mental health expertise right. and I have the gift of gab. We put this together and make mm-hmm. this do what it do. Right. And so um, she's like, yeah, I'm down for it. And she came. I, at the time, I set a goal to myself to sell 30 tickets. That was like my goal. I sold 30 tickets first time. And I was like, okay, this is really happening. Yes. People came. They were talking. They really enjoyed it. They walked away like feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I got my fix of being able to talk to people right. and spread like information. I was able to help people learn about mental health. Mm-hmm. Shantae was able to get clients. And so even after really? that first, yeah. So Everybody I, benefited. Yes. After the first one, she was like, yo, like four people from this event have called me and they want to schedule a consultation. Wow. So I was like, this is what's up. So mm-hmm. now I understood like this was empowering my guests to be able to build rapport in the communities they serve and mm-hmm. to be able to get clients. And now this empowered that woman yeah. to be able to run her business. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is cool. And so as after I did that one, I did a second one and then I got moved to um, Tampa and I was right. like, Whoa, wait, what? Like I just Thanks. started building this. Mm-hmm. God, what you doing? Right. Um, and he laid it on my heart to branch out mm-hmm. and do it in other places. So that's how the whole thing started traveling. Yes. Cause I just, and now we're here and it's mm-hmm. been, it started in June of last year. And now we're in Atlanta, Miami, Tampa, Dallas, and March 12th, we're going to be in Hartford, Connecticut. So 
Mind blown. Mind blown. So even like talking to you, you're super humble about the situation. Because to me, I mean, I always express this every time I see you. You're like huge. Like I would have never put certain things together. <laughs> I wouldn't like just for me because, you know, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. I would have never thought to do a pod club. So for you to have that type of mindset, you're traveling, I'm like, yeah, Brie, I want to do, you know, travel with what's good yeah. and things of that nature. Like, yeah. you're doing things that people like me want to do. So, you, to me, you're, I'm like, come on, what's, God, what's your God thoughts? did what's your that. Thoughts? So, I, God, God <laughs> did it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I could sit here and say I'm brilliant. <laughs> All right, I could, but I didn't do it. Like, I didn't come up with that. Mm-hmm. It really, like, I, when I lost my job, I was like, what do I do? I, I can't tell you the days that I was just like laying in bed and my husband was like, you got to get up. You got to do something like you got to move. Right. And I just didn't feel it. And mm-hmm. I was like, what do I do? And um, a lot of the ideas, that idea and a lot of the ideas I've had since then mm-hmm. have come from God. Like I'll wake up one morning and I have, it has to be him because it'll be in my soul when it wasn't there before. Right. Like when I woke up to have, when I woke up and decided I was going to have three in one month when I had only done two in one place, mm. I did three, one in Miami, one in Tampa and one in Dallas in right. one month. And I woke up and I promise you, God was like, you need to do three. And I know I sound crazy because people who don't don't understand, they like, God, God's all to you. Type of spiritual Listen, God. like, it wasn't in my heart. My stuff was in storage. Mm-hmm. Like, we moved down and we were living in temporary housing through Amazon. Mm-hmm. And all of my things for my event were in storage. Right. I didn't have a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I had been in Tampa for two weeks. I had mm-hmm. no reason to plan an event in Tampa. I didn't know anybody. Right. It was on my heart to do I it that I thought that was home for y'all. No, I'm from Miami. And my husband's oh. from Pensacola. Okay. So, okay. I mean, we lived in Tampa eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know enough people to have an event. Gotcha, so, gotcha, to, gotcha. to wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to go put down the deposit and pay people to eat pay for 20 people to come to an event and i don't even know 20 people in tampa right house way so that miami and dallas in one month and when i tell you god worked it out so smooth like amazon ended up paying for my plane ticket to come back and forth because in our relocation i had an extra ticket left Mm -hmm. i didn't even know my husband reminded me when i was planning the event um when I went to Miami, I had it at my friend's restaurant. She has like a whole setup there. And then when I had it in Tampa, like I only had six people, but God sent one person in those six that literally right now has changed my whole situation and like has me on track to be able to do all the things that I plan on doing with my platform. So it's like, it's him. It's intentional what he's doing. It's him. It ain't me. Oh, Tiffany, that's so good. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. Like, even with that being stated, some people can get big-headed because you came so far so soon. Yeah. So how do you stay level-headed? I mean, you still got your kids. You still got your husband. I do. I mean, how do you keep a balance with everything that's going on? Um, Just understanding really where it all comes from. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the hard thing for me was, and it's still hard. I'm still in the midst of it. When you come from making a whole lot of money mm-hmm. and then having all that taken from you, the first thing is it's a humbling experience in itself. Right. Because now right. you broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's like a step in the face. <laughs> like I can't move like I'm used to moving. And so mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. And then I have to rely on God to help me to do things. But so in, even in that space, it's understanding that God allowed me to make as much as I made. And even though it was taken, God is allowing me to rebuild, but it can be taken again. So you True. have to be humble. And then I think the biggest thing for me was like, 
when I was chasing my career, I was chasing my career. Mm -hmm. So I was not present, as present as I should have been with my husband, mm -hmm. as present with my children, as present in my relationships, my friendships. And um, in this season of my life, I just really feel like there is not, it's not optional to give the things that are valuable mm -hmm. your your time. And so I'm just being really intentional about being present for my children, being present for my husband, being present in my relationships. And I'm just rebuilding my life with my priorities in check this time, being intentional about it. And so that keeps me humble because I know where my source comes from, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah. And so with your events, would you call yourself an event planner? Yeah, I'm everything. I'm event planner. I'm marketer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am strategist. I am, I, I mean, I literally do it all. Like I was sitting down on a plane right now because I know that I'm going to have a team and I know that I'm needing an assistant. So I was writing out the things that I would need for my assistant. And now as I was writing out one person's responsibilities, I was like, I'm doing all of this by myself right now. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it blew my mind to, to yeah. even think about the fact that I'm really, but it's just, I'm doing so much mm -hmm. that I don't think about it. I just do I it. just go, mm -hmm. I do it. So I'm, I mean, think about planning events in different states. I'm living in Tampa, planning events in this place by myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm reaching out to caterers. I'm booking venues. I'm ordering um, decorations. I'm creating my signs. I'm doing banners. I'm creating my graphics. I'm posting on sites. Yep. I built my own website. Like I'm mm -hmm. literally doing everything myself yeah. right now yeah yeah i feel that <laughs> yeah. like you know i'm listening i'm like that is all me because some people are like you know you may want to go ahead and get assistant but sometimes it's time for yeah. that you don't want to just jump into it and money yeah because them <laughs> assistants they have to pay their bills they do. yeah and so with pods and pr how do you choose those particular episodes or those different podcasts that you choose to um, come along with pods and pr for the discussion that's a good question so um i when i first started it was really what god laid on my heart like um the mental health conversation came about because i was asked to speak at a conference last year so i went and i was a speaker and after i was done speaking i was sitting at a table and i was talking to some of the folks from the um place that had me to come speak mm -hmm. and i was saying um i have to take my son to a therapist when we get back home and they were like therapist and i was like yeah and this was like a um, religious place that I was um, mm, speaking at. Like and so and so they were like, well, no, 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 we don't. Why, why wouldn't you go to your pastor? Mm -hmm. I was <laughs> like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was like, well, no, you know, I'm just saying I think you should talk to your pastor. I was like, well, I'm going to do that. But I'm also going to talk to a therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, she kept kind of like, I don't know about that. And so I said to myself, OK, like. I, I have a responsibility to lead people effectively. Right. I can't imagine somebody sitting in a church and needing help and someone telling them, don't go talk to a therapist, just pray. Yes. Like, I'm not saying That's that prayer is. isn't powerful because mm -hmm. I, I live by prayer, but mm -hmm. like, you can't do that to people. And so I said, how many people are walking around with the same misconception? Yes. And so mental health yes. became one of the conversations I'm going to have everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I don't care what other topics we branch off into, we're going to start with a mental health conversation in every city that I start with because I need to make sure that we are all on the same page. That mm -hmm. If we need help, we're going to get help. Yes. Because a lot of our growth professionally and personally comes from us doing the self-work. And true. if you are not okay, mm -hmm. you can't mm -hmm. comprehend nothing else. You can't do nothing else because you're mm -hmm. not okay. Right. I can't come into your city and have a conversation about the experience of black women in corporate America, if you battling your mental health issues. True. I can't talk about health and wellness if you ain't well. Right. So we got to start with mental health. And so 
I start there. Um, the conversation about the memo mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one that's near and dear to me because it's a life that I lived for 12 years. And so for me, I'm, and because I've seen to connect with black women, you know, my platform is for all women, but black mm-hmm. women show me the most love. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, I want to make sure that I'm empowering black women to be able to be successful wherever mm-hmm. they're working at. Right. So that's the staple conversation we're going to have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just kind of by, it's by area. So like, you know, I, I look at, like, I lived in Dallas, so I, I've seen some things here that I feel like we could touch on. I've seen some things in Miami. I've seen some things in Atlanta. And all of my cities are so different. Right. So the conversations are going to look different. So with that being stated, because <laughs> um, it's always a sensitive topic when they talk about the support in Dallas and how mm. there's, like, a gap that people need to bridge. Mm. When I went to Atlanta, I... Like, they, that's what they call it, Black Hollywood. I mean, everybody supports each other. When you see Monica and Candy, all of them are popping, but they all support each other. That's right. There is no competition. If anything, it's collaboration. What type of things have you seen? Where? <laughs> In Dallas? All the cities. Let's not even just do a particular thing, because we don't want nobody. Why are you talking about this? Mm. So let's just say, in general. What certain things have you seen that we could all be better when it comes to collaboration and supporting? Because like you mentioned, you've gone to different cities and you've seen a lot of different things. What are some things? <laughs> <laughs> this one of questions. Um, <laughs> okay, I will tell you the conversations I'm going to be having. That works. <laughs> so um, I definitely want to have a conversation about friendships like female focused friendships Mm -hmm. because I feel like women are unkind to each other um so many women are unkind and Mm -hmm. that's in all cities like Mm -hmm. I will tell you that Atlanta definitely does do a better job of being supportive yeah um and there isn't necessarily that same spirit of competition that you see in other places Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I don't blame the women who are doing this for the way they behave because it's sort of like if you're put in an environment where the environment creates that competition between you or they make it so that only a couple or only a single person um, makes it to the the finish line, then you kind of operate with that understanding like only one of us is going to make it and so it's going to make you more competitive. So I'm not saying that people are that way by nature, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you that um, since I've been here, when I lived in Dallas, I definitely supported people who didn't support me. Mm. And even still, even after they didn't support me, I still continue to support them. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I just, it's funny because me and um, the homegirl therapist had this conversation on Saturday Mm -hmm. because I told her, you know, when I have my events in Atlanta, all my girlfriends come down from everywhere and they come and they help out or Mm -hmm. just the people who live in Atlanta, like they come, they show up, they help, you know, they Mm -hmm. help me Mm -hmm. and I don't feel so overwhelmed. And when I was here, I had people here who I could have easily asked to help me. Mm -hmm. um, And I didn't, so it's on me. But in the same breath, it's like, it's just a totally different level of support. And for me, when I'm trying to manage everything, it's difficult being the facilitator, being the decorator, being, making sure the catering is done, bringing the chairs down. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the people who decided to step up on Saturday, even though they weren't charged with the task to do it mm-hmm. and they came and helped but it's folks who have had events here that I've helped with yeah. who they weren't really they didn't show up for me and yeah. it's like 
that hurts, you mm -hmm, know, but mm -hmm. being the person I am, I have to make a decision. Okay, am I going to allow this to harden me? Right. Or are, am I going to have a conversation with other people and maybe hope that my conversation with others will touch them in such a way that they don't continue to move in that direction? Does it make sense? It does. So would you say that would be your outlet, in a sense, of just taking whatever that experience is and, hey, instead of me flipping off on you, I'm going to flip it to a positive situation. Yeah, I found that that's something I identified about myself mm -hmm. maybe a couple of years ago. The traumas that I endure in life, instead of me allowing those traumas to harden me, mm -hmm. I take them and I create teachable moments so mm -hmm. that maybe somebody else who encounters the same thing won't handle it the same way and maybe they won't be met with the same outcome because nice. I know how that feels. And mm -hmm. so if I can help you to not make the same mistake or to not feel the same way, then I'm willing to do that. So I love it, Tiffany. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you. you have a nonprofit as well. Yeah. And that's another event that you have. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do. talk about the nonprofit. Yeah. Purest example of trauma and flipping it. So I am my daughter's keeper came about. I have a daughter who I had when I was 17. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I had her at 17, um, you know, it was difficult having a child that was close to your age. And um, her dad was a little older than I was. And so she ended up living with him. Like when I went off to college, I took her with me at first. Mm -hmm. She wasn't able to stay with me because I wasn't going to be able to work full time, go to school full time and have her full time. Right. It just, I had, didn't have the support. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up letting her go home and stay with her dad. Mm -hmm. Well, she ended up staying with him after I graduated for some time after. Mm -hmm. um, it led to, you know, us being apart and it caused a little bit of resentment because then, of course, I got married. I had another another child. So mm -hmm. then my son was living with me. She wasn't. Yeah. And for children, that feels like abandonment. Yes. Even though I was there on the weekends and things like that, it doesn't feel the same when you're not living in the household. Mm -hmm. So um, when she finally came to live with me, she was preteen, going mm -hmm. into her teenage years. Mm -hmm. And that's when little girls lose their mind, right? Yeah, so, um, so she went crazy at about 13 years old. And um, I spanked her with a belt. She ended up going to school and telling the school that she, you know, was afraid to go home and all this oh. stuff. And oh. then I ended up getting arrested. So oh. this is like a whole thing. Oh. So I ended up getting arrested first time ever in my life being in trouble for anything. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, they arrested me. Um, they took her from my house that day when it happened. And I got out the same day. But after I got out, my husband was pretty much like, she can't be here because if she would go to school and, you know, say that you, that you abuse her and you're her mom, like what if she got upset with me or, you know, because teenagers are erratic, like teenagers can be erratic. They're very mm -hmm. emotional mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. they don't understand sometimes the consequences of their actions. So I don't think that she understood the magnitude of like the whole situation she created. Right. Even when um, my husband said she couldn't come back, there was a social worker there who basically said, you know, she couldn't come back to the house initially. Now, after they did their investigation, the social worker was like, um, it's a shame that she chose to do this because she could have easily gone into the system had she yes. not had her dad or somebody fault. who would have, you know, been able to take her back or whatever right. the case was. And so I wasn't allowed to have contact with her for like the first nine months after this happened because, oh because Georgia basically said that she was a, like, she was a victim of a crime. And I was the person who victimized her. Right. And so she didn't understand because she was a 13-year-old child. She was texting me, calling me like, Mom, I miss you. And I couldn't talk to her. I couldn't respond to her. Oh, so I can't my. imagine the abandonment issues that that deepened for her throughout mm -hmm. this whole process. I dealt with my own issues because I was resentful because now 
I have a felony, two felony charges on my record. Well, let me rephrase. I don't have it on my record. At the time, I was facing two felony charges because I was going back and forth to court. Mm-hmm. I had to go to court once a month. This went on for two years. Um, they came to my house. They were in my stuff. They had to talk to my son. Like It was a whole like thing for my family, oh, right? My. All because of a teenager who just wanted her way and just felt like, you know, whatever. But bigger than that, I feel like it wasn't just her wanting her way. It was her not understanding how to process the emotion she felt mm-hmm. from like feeling neglected, feeling right. abandoned. And so right. a part of that was my fault and mm-hmm. I owned that. Mm-hmm. So her and I started going through therapy. Um, we worked through our relationship. We worked out the difficulties and charges ended up getting dropped because I wasn't abusing my child or any right. of that. It cost me a lot of money. But, mm-hmm. but and, and I will say too, let me just say this. I got a chance to see how our criminal justice system how it like abuses people who can't afford to defend themselves because with with me paying for an attorney and going to court every month several times throughout the process the state tried to get me to plead to a misdemeanor charge and my attorney kept saying she's not pleading to anything because corporal punishment is legal and you're not going to impact her employability but if i didn't have the resources to have an attorney I would have taken a plea deal just to kind of information. They also dragged it out. So I was going back and forth to court. I mean, they would have me like they would. So they don't even send you letters. They text you to tell you you got a court date. They don't update. They said so. But they would text (laughs) me like on a Monday. You have court on Wednesday. Well, I have a job, a whole job. I'm like in leadership. And so I have to now figure out 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday how to go to court. So it's like it'd be a couple days before. Oh my God. And so, but if you don't show up, then they issue a warrant for your arrest. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I got to see that part. I got to sit in a courtroom and watch cases go before me where people did minor things. And now you locking them up for 20 years, 15 years. And so I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm like, this system is jacked up. So praise God. I wasn't like, my situation didn't go as bad as it could have gone right because there was even a a woman there who stopped me like she heard when i went up because you could hear everybody's case Mm -hmm. she heard me talking to the judge when i walked out of the courtroom she stopped me and was like ma'am um i know you don't know me you and i have the same charges she was like only i went to jail i stayed in jail for three months she said i lost my job i lost my home my kids are in the system she's like how like how did you get and i'm Mm -hmm. when she was talking to me i was like Praise God, like right, right, right. that he he spared me and didn't put me through that situation. So yes. long story short, after the charges got dropped, after we go to therapy, after my daughter and I rebuild our relationship, now our relationship is you would never even know that we ever had anything. Like yeah. we're literally like best friends. Like yes. we talk like ten times a day. It is almost annoying how much we talk, how much she tells me. I wouldn't have thought because I met her at yeah. the Inspire You Fest. Yeah, I'm like. Remind me of me and my mom. Yeah. Because we're super close. Yeah. But it's a blessing that you came that far. And so the point of me creating I Am My Daughter's Keeper was, um, and so that was part of it. And then my friend who I created it with, she, her daughter had just started turning like 11, 12. And she started going through some of the same things I went through. Uh. Because her children were younger when my daughter went through it. So I was like, this is funny to me that like years down the line, now Mm -hmm. you're dealing with the same things. Right. And as I told people the story about my daughter and I, People were like, oh, I dealt with that too. And I'm like, wait, so it's more than just me dealing mm-hmm, with this? So mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, there are other mothers and daughters who had the same kind of difficulties and mm-hmm. they feel like this is it for us. Like, right. like we can't come back from this. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know you have help, you have support. Mm-hmm. And so we're still like building out what I Am My Daughter's Keeper is going to look like. There is definitely going to be a therapy component to that because I understand 
how therapy shaped and shifted the situation right. my daughter and I had mm-hmm. um, and how it helped us to come on the other side of that and have a healthy relationship. So Nice. Yeah. And so you. what was the healing process? What, like, what did it look like? For, like you mentioned, you guys had to go to therapy. Yeah. What did all of that look like? Because, like, when I, I'm, I'll repeat that. I saw y'all, and I would never, ever no. thought. So there was like some working that you guys had to do. Yeah, I was angry. I remember when I first got arrested, when I got out of jail, I was like, if I never talk to her again, I'm okay. Right. And I, I meant it. And my, you know, my, some of my, my family was upset. They were mm-hmm. like, she can't come here. She yeah. not staying with us. It's like your husband, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And my friends, and I got it right. But like, so even it, it took it was layers of healing because my husband was nervous to be around her. Thankfully, mm-hmm. my husband never spanked my daughter. He's not like, he wasn't, his thing was, you know, she came to live with us and she was older at that point. I haven't really been around building that relationship mm-hmm. to now come in and be disciplining her. So I'm not going to be like that person That's doing me. that. That's but my son, he's dealing with me since he was one. Mm-hmm. So it's different because he's like raised my son pretty much. So the, mm-hmm. the, the level of parenting that he will give to my son is different, right? Right. But with me and her, you know, I was hurt. And so first I had to work through my feelings of anger mm-hmm. and then I had to work through the feelings of like just missing her. Cause even though I was angry, I still miss my child. Right. I still wanted to know if she was okay. Still your baby. Yeah, so my child, I mean like that's my first child. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard. I, it was a lot of crying, a lot of depression. Holidays were tough because she wasn't there with us. Yeah. I mean, it was just, and it was a lot. And then, you know, we had this huge home in Atlanta that my husband and I purchased for the kids to live there. Mm-hmm. And so my home felt empty because, you know, it was like wow. the presence of, we had a relationship. So mm-hmm. her presence being gone created a gaping hole in our household. Wow. Um, it was tough. And even my son dealt with it when he... When she left, she used to always sleep on the floor in her room because she liked sleeping in the corner. Mm-hmm. He used to go in her room and sleep on the floor. And, like, mm-hmm. it had me feeling like, you know, yeah. it was it was tough. Um, so they was really close. I mean, when they lived together, yes. My son is dip- my son is a weird kid. Like, he, <laughs> he he's, he's the kid that can keep, he doesn't, like, hold on to anything. So, like, if you take something from him, mm-hmm. he'll get over it real quick and he'll forget he ever had it. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, that. Like he missed her when she yeah. first left. Mm-hmm. But after a while, he was like, all right, cool. You know, like, if he gets on punishment and I take his phone after two days, he's like, okay, I'll have I'll phone. Like, he don't care, you know, so. <laughs> but for me, it was tough. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it took us years. I mean, she left our home. Was it 2013? It was actually a week after I got married. A week after my wedding. Um, it was traumatizing. So mm-hmm. it was a week after my wedding that this happened. And we did not get back on track until about 2017. Wow. Yeah. So it took it took that many years for us to go through stuff. And even now, you know, I have to have those mother-daughter talks with her. But I, I feel like the problem was I had her young mm-hmm. and my mom died when I was young, like when mm-hmm. I was in college. So I didn't have anybody really telling me how to be a mother to her. Right. And I was busy trying to be her friend. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being your kid's friend. Right. But I feel like I was too far on one end of the spectrum. So when she moved in with me, mm-hmm. she wasn't prepared to deal with mom. Like mm-hmm. I have rules. Like I have, like, you know, cause right. she used to come on the weekends and mm-hmm. you know, if you come on the weekends, it's fun. Right. We do Quick stuff. And and nails done, it was, done. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a, a major adjustment. And so we, we just had to work through getting to know each other again, getting to understand our relationship. Yeah. I had to like drown out the noise because I had family and friends who were like, oh, you not, don't be her friend. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I came to realize in that space that you have to parent your kids based on their specific needs. You cannot right. parent your kids based on what 
other people have done with their children because mm -hmm. what might have been successful for you might not be successful for me. And so right. once I started to create our relationship, mm -hmm. that's when we started to move forward and we started mm -hmm. to heal, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah. And so for that mother or father that's listening right now that's having similar troubles with their children, what would you say to them right now? Just to encourage them, like, it's going to work out. Oh, it always does. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I think the biggest thing is just to understand that problems are two-sided. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even when you have a kid who's like acting out, because kids are going to act out, right. there is something triggering that. Mm -hmm. And it isn't always just because it's a bad kid, right? Right, right? So I think the first thing is being willing to just explore and figure out what is causing my kid to act like this, mm -hmm. right? And then... Try to be their peace. I know that sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. It sounds crazy. But in this day and age, what I'm seeing is when you push your kids away, they're relying on the world to give them guidance and structure mm -hmm. and their friends. And there's so many lost people out there. Because of that. Yeah. yeah and like you don't want your kid getting more lost mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they, they don't come to you. So they're going to somebody who has no real grounding giving them direction or giving yes. them like that's terrible yes. so just just try to be their peace mm -hmm. and just trust that god is going to work it out because it can't rain forever like it doesn't that's right it just doesn't rain forever mm -hmm. and so at some point it's going to get better but you got to decide when the sun comes back out you know are we going to be in the sun together or are you going to be moved on doing your own thing because right. i mean they move on and they forget about you if you you know, like, would you say there's a certain time frame or it just comes with time? You just have to, everybody has to have their own time. And when it comes together, let's try it. Everybody's different. Like my son is 13 now and he's starting to go through some of them. Not the same things my daughter went through, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to see him. Like his issue is he's a, he's a very brilliant kid, gifted but he has this thing with trying to fit in with crowds that he doesn't belong in. Mm. Um, and he tries to impress kids that don't really, they're not worthy of his, like him going on a limb for them. Gotcha, so gotcha. I decided I'm taking him to therapy because I want him to understand his value, mm -hmm. understand his worth, understand that, you know, he doesn't need to do things. And I talk to him as his mom. I also help to lead his youth group in church. But I know that even with all of that, mom and dad mm -hmm. kids are only going to tell you so much and they're going to need somebody else to tell them who isn't mom and dad True. so i feel like allowing him to talk to a therapist may give him that that other voice of reason that would kind of help me get on track mm -hmm. but even when he's having a bad time like i don't if he gets in trouble in school i'm not like you do this and you do that i'm like I know that you have excellence in you. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so what do we have to do to get that coach. out? You know, mm -hmm. or like if he's misbehaving or acting out of line, I'm like, you have so many gifts and talents. Like, when are you going to use your superpowers? Like, why, why would you so I, like, I don't, I don't talk about the things he's doing terrible. Mm -hmm. I, I just focus on like, you are so talented. You are so yeah. smart. What's making you feel like you can't be that? Like mm -hmm. what is, you know, and I just, that's how I talk to him. Right. And my husband says, oh, you're so soft and you need to be more firm. But like I was firm on my daughter and I saw what that got me. So let me right. just try this and just see right. which one is more effective, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can imagine that would be effective. It's like, I'm not going to point the finger at all the wrongs that you do. Let's talk about the good that you can do and apply that part. Yeah. Because I mean, I've been watching shows. I have my little baby nephew and you know, they're saying, stop crying, use your words. 
if you're being frustrated, stop crying, get out, talk to me. That's right. We don't have to just spank you all the time. Because it could be something that it was a miscommunication. I hate talking about it. I hate really? I I hate them. <laughs> and so and and, I, and I'm on the opposite end, right? Because spanking is what got me in trouble with my daughter. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I mean, like, just for me, and I could be totally crazy, and people might, you know, not like what I'm about to say, but. I feel like spankings came from slavery and I just feel like I, hate this conversation. I just feel like, you know, we adopted it as a way to redirect behavior, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily believe that that is teaching you anything more than having a conversation. Now my husband has a different perspective. My husband says that, you know, men, black men particularly, cause he's a black man, mm -hmm. they are strong minded, they're strong willed, they're stubborn. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just talking don't do nothing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I feel like talking does do things because when you talk to my son, he's able to reason very clearly. He's so able to good. articulate his feelings and his um, emotions. He's able to tell you why he did things, tell mm -hmm. you why, what he should have done. And it's because I take the time to talk to him about what he didn't do, even mm -hmm. if it was wrong, even if he chooses to make the wrong choice. He understands what he should have done and why he should have done it. And so mm -hmm. to me, long term, mm -hmm. that's more valuable right. than me just spanking him in the moment. I agree. But that's just me. Because sometimes they just go back to it. Like, I'm just going to give a little spanking. Right. I've had that feeling before. Whatever. So good. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to get into our highs and lows. Okay. So with your high, it can be something that you and your husband did together. We're like, yes, we made it through. Um, you did a great high with, you know, overcoming the situation with you and your daughter. You guys Thank you. are making it happen now. What is a high that you could say, I am very thankful that I was able to push through and I made it on top I've had a lot of highs, and so I'm <laughs> grateful to God for that. Um, mm -hmm. In this season, I would just say, like, me and my husband found our groove. So, like, you know, when we got married, my husband was very clear in saying that, you know, he never saw himself with a woman who didn't work. Mm. That was his thing. He was like, you know, me and my wife, we're going to work. You're going to work. I'm going to work. We're going to build. We're going to have wealth. We're going to travel. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this, that, and mm -hmm. the third. Mm -hmm. And, um... There were a few times like when I first started doing makeup and I was like, I'm going to quit my job and do makeup. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nah, shawty, we ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, so right. I just never thought. And I remember talking to my coworker, um, my friend who came to the event Saturday and we were talking one day at lunch and she was saying that, you know, she wanted to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, I could never do that because my husband wouldn't be with it. Right. And um, when I lost my job, I was so scared to tell my husband, I mm -hmm. was like, I was mortified mm -hmm. because I knew we had just bought our house in December. Right. He had just bought a brand new truck in mm -hmm. January. And I was like, I'm about to put all this strain on our household. Like, and I just, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so when I called my husband and told him, he was like, it's all right. We'll be fine. He's like, Beautiful. take your time, you know, figure out what you want to do. Don't just go back into a work situation just because we need money. He's like, yes. make sure it makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I was like, and my husband? Right. Like, what? You're, you're always used to that other part. Right. Uh -huh. But he's and he's always so, like, hard. And my husband's, like, he's non-emotional, very, as a matter of fact. He's just very, like, level all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And so I remember him saying to me, like, month two, we're not going to make it. Like, you're not going to be able to not work for a year and us be okay. So, like, take your time, figure it out. But we got to have a plan. Right. Like, okay, right. Saturday was a year. Mm -hmm. And... Like, when I watch my husband repost my stuff, reshare my stuff, like, he's, like, talking about it, talking to his friends about it, telling people I have things going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I come home and I say, baby, I'm thinking about doing this. And he, like, 
does like mind mapping with me and like yes. brainstorming and he gives me he gives me such good feedback like he'll tell me stuff and i'm like oh i never thought about that and mm -hmm. so then i start doing things and it's really good advice and so, so for me that's a high because it's like the marriage i thought i wanted is the one i always had but i just never had the chance to realize it because him working, I'm working, we're moving, doing stuff. Season. Now that I'm in this still season, mm -hmm. I get mm -hmm. to really look at the relationships I have around me and I yes. get to really appreciate what I have. Mm -hmm. So like, I know for sure my husband's like, like he's my, like he rides for me. And yes. to me, that's a high because every woman wants that in her relationship. Yes, cause it's always so. the opposite. Like, oh, I got me a, uh, a rider yeah. from a man's point of view. But to have it like from a woman saying, "Oh, he ride for me, like I ride for him." Like he ride for me, so and good. and I, you know, and I, I tell people this all the time. Women have a, a difficulty sometimes with the word submission, right? Mm -hmm. Like I ain't mm -hmm. submit, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, listen, you got a man that hold you down. Mm -hmm. You want to submit. Like I'm in a place now where I've been getting up five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. Why? Because I want to come home and cook breakfast for my husband and my son before they go off to school and work. Mm -hmm. I want to be present in the evening time when they get off. Like. I want to do this because he holds me down. Yeah. And so for men, if you want a woman to have your back, love her. If you mm -hmm. love her, she will give you whatever you want because we want to be loved. That's it. That's it. And we'll submit. We'll mm -hmm. do whatever you want us to do mm -hmm. if you're going to love us right, you know? Just treat me right. Treat and then for right. the women, when you have a man that does it, like appreciate that because mm -hmm. it's like we could we could focus on the things we don't have. Like, yeah, my husband ain't mushy. So he's not going to be the kind of like... like uh, did you watch the Beyonce um, homecoming special? Yes. So do you remember when she called Jay and was talking about she got into her outfit and he was like, oh, okay. Yes, you know, it is. like <laughs> No excitement. That's my husband. That's okay. how exactly how he is. And so many men are like that. Mm -hmm. But women will, will have a man that cook, clean, this, that. And because he's not excited, they'd be like, why are you not excited? Girl, leave that man alone. Yes, like, yes, 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 take yes. that one flaw and just appreciate the 30 strengths he has and, like, keep it moving, you know? Yes. So, yeah. We got to stop focusing on that one wrong. I'm telling you. We're going to mess up a lot of... And it's not even just relationships. Business, I mean, all the above. The one thing that people do, we always hold them to that. We do. And then the 1,000 things that they do great in the world, it's like, oh... Uh, we're not going to forget that one thing. That's true. So unfortunate. So okay. True. So let's talk about a low. Okay. Something where you either question, you know, should I continue pause and PR? Or should I go back into the corporate, pull out some more resumes and send them off? What was something that just really hurt you, but you were able, and what were you able to do to push through it? Um, You know, so this journey has not been an easy journey. It's still, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, lows for me are just people who I thought would support me, mm -hmm. not supporting me. And I'm sure everybody says that, right? Mm -hmm. But like people you think who are not, who you think are going to support you, not supporting you. Mm -hmm. People who have been friends with forever, who are, who just ghosted me and just like, we're not friends right now. Um, I like, That's it's wild. been tough. And even like, you know, so here's the thing. For me, when I'm used to making six figures and then you lose your job and you're not really making anything, like you need somebody to encourage you sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we could encourage ourselves and yeah, I read the word and yeah, I listen to sermons and yeah, I pray and do all that. But like a friend calling you and just, just being there for you, listening to you, asking you if you're okay. Yes. Like there was a period where I was like alone, alone, like mm -hmm. alone. And I was just like, nobody cares. I mean, mm -hmm. my best friend would call. She's the one person consistently who did it. And my husband, Shout out best but friend. for real, for real, <laughs> y'all, my bestie's like everything. But, um, <laughs> but like, just 
that. And I feel like I wanted to, so I got tired of pushing. I got tired of like trying to get people to come to Posin PR. I got tired of like, like selling myself because I'm like, I know this is a good platform. I know this mm -hmm. is good content. I know this is valuable. Right. Like why you ain't rocking with me? Like why yes. y'all not really checking for me? It uh -huh. was like frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. And I had somebody tell me like, the people who, who understand your value are gonna, like they're gonna connect with you. Just just keep going, just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And so that started for me. That's and I good. said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna keep going no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself like midway through, maybe like three months out of not having my job, I was like, I'm getting me a job because God didn't give me all these skills, talents, and all this to be able to just sit at home and, you know. So I applied for jobs. Mm -hmm. I applied for like, the exact number is 76 jobs. Mm -hmm. I applied for 76 jobs from the time I lost my job until December of last year. Really? Okay, so that's 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 me being honest uh -huh. because I was like, I'm going to go get a job and I'm just going to get like a regular, like adjuster level role because, you know, I'm good. I've been in insurance for 12 years. I could be an adjuster with my eyes closed yeah. and I'll make my little $50,000 and take that and reinvest that into my business. Yes. And do you know, I didn't get one call back, like one, like not one. And I'm like, wow. I've never had, I've been working since I was 16, mm -hmm. never had a difficult time getting a job, never interviewed for a job I didn't get. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I knew that I could get jobs. My interview was professional. My um, resume was professionally done. Mm -hmm. So it's an airtight resume. I have yes. amazing experience. Like mm -hmm. there's no reason I shouldn't have gotten a call back, but God. Yeah. He said, that's not that door for you to That's open. not the door. Uh -huh. And so the low for me was, okay, so you really, like, you really going to have me out here like just thugging it basically is what I said at first and it's like no you're not thugging it you trust mm -hmm. in God and you, and you follow his direction yes. and so that was my low like just kind of realizing it's just me and him at first and then that low started to turn into a high because it was like once I realized it's me and him and God controls everything like I don't need to have the friends I don't need to have the sponsors it's times when I was like why, why nobody won't sponsor me mm -hmm. why they won't come mm -hmm. and like help me out mm -hmm. but you know what one day I was listening to a sermon and it said um that God wants you to know how you did things. And so he, he's not going to allow you to get it confused. Yes. And so I thought about it for a second and I said, he knows his child. Because he knows if I had gotten a sponsor when I first started doing this, I would have thought that everything was possible because of the sponsor. So when really, I didn't mm -hmm. have any sponsors. And I grew to cities and states mm -hmm. that I wasn't even living in right. on no income because of God. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like that low turned into a high. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like... I just see it so clear. Like he has me on a straight path and it's going to be some turns and stuff, but like wherever he's taking me, I'm going because I know, I know what he has for me. I know what he wants for me and I can see a glimpse of what he has for my future. So that's so good. Yeah, thank you. So good. <laughs> I'm taking in all of this right now. Okay. So what is one free advice you would give um, somebody right now that's probably recently just left their jobs yeah. and they're going towards their gifts. They want to go ahead and share their passions and things of that nature. Or well, we already talked about, you know, your advice to the mothers or fathers, any type of advice or resource that you can give somebody that's listening right now. Yeah. Um, redefine success for yourself. Mm -hmm. So like when I, I gave the example of August when I held three different pods and PRs, right? Mm -hmm. In one month. One month. <laughs> but one of them only has six people there. Okay. So if you're doing it for the claps on social media, when people look at my pictures and they see six people at my event, they're going to be like, ah, that wasn't nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But one of those six people ended up being a very powerful person. And me and this person connected during my event. 
we followed each other on social media for mm -hmm. a few months. Her and I sat down months later and she said, here, take out your phone, write down this name, write down this number, do this, do that. In one conversation in 30 minutes, this woman gave me information that literally changed my whole trajectory. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. One person, she was one of six. So for me, I could have looked at my event and like, oh, I didn't do anything, mm -hmm. but I needed her to be in the room and her yes. being there was successful. So you got to ask yourself, what am I going for? If two people come and I learned this when I was teaching cycling, I was so passionate about cycling. I still am. I love cycling. Mm -hmm. And so I would have class sometimes when I was teaching in Frisco before my class finally got popping and two or three folks would come and they would say, oh, you don't have to teach. And I would say, are you kidding me? If you came here for me, I'm teaching the class. Right. And I'm going to teach it like it's a whole class, like it's a mm -hmm. full class. Mm -hmm. And so you got to redefine success. What's important to you? It was important to me that somebody showed up. Right. And as long as somebody showed up mm -hmm. and I was able to create impact, that's success. Right. So stop worrying about a full room. Now, does it feel good to have a full room? Absolutely. Because right. our ego likes to see people rocking with us. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if your true goal is impact, whether you impact one or you impact 10, mm -hmm. you still impact them because you never know who that one person is going to go back and talk to so and how true. many folks they're going to impact with the one seed you planted. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. So oh, just keep actually, going. happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> just like going to different events, meeting people, shaking hands. I tell people this all the time. Networking is your best friend, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur or just business, period. Yeah. One girl I met before I started podcasting, um, I told her, I said, I need you on the podcast as soon as we get started. And so I gave her a call. I was like, hey, girl, I got the podcast started. You're actually going to be number five. And she was like, dang, like you wasn't playing. <laughs> Ever since then, like I we've done so much for each other. Yeah. Like when it comes to, you know, her needing a photo shoot, I'm there. If I have an event, she's there for me. She's helped me with my website, all the above. And it's like. If I just went into events, you know, staying by myself, That's not right. talking and not meeting people, right. I would have missed out on that blessing. Yeah. And so even if it's one person that I can touch and be like, hey, my name is Brianna Javon, you know, what's your name? I can come back and be like, okay, Bri, you talk to somebody. That's right. You don't know what that, what will open up from that conversation. Absolutely. There's a girl, <laughs> and I'm going to say Fatia's name. Thank you, Fatia. Fatia and I have known each other forever. I had Paz and PR in Miami. Fatia attended it. She loved it. When I had my event in Tampa, Fatia started DMing people, tagging people, and like, Three of the folks who came were because of her. Mm -hmm. And then when I had it again in Miami, more folks came because of her. Mm -hmm. And so that one person I impacted brought, I think, seven or eight people to my platform. You right. know, and so it's like you got to focus on that one person. And the other thing is, if it is your passion, you got to make sure that you remember that because it's going to get discouraging. When I'm selling tickets, when I'm paying deposits for venues and food and photographers and videographers and none of that stuff is cheap. Yes. And I'm paying <laughs> I'm paying $1,000 before I even open a door or sell uh -huh. a ticket. It is discouraging when you go to sell your tickets and you see week two, you only got 10 tickets sold, right? Yes. And that's when the, the week they quit. Or like people are like, oh, I'm just not going to do it. Folks are not rocking with it. Mm -hmm, if this mm -hmm. is truly something you're passionate about and this is truly your gift, you got to be willing to push through these times. Yeah, you might take some losses. Yes. That's okay. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, I told people, there's somebody I know here who has events. And I told her, if I paid $1,000 for a venue 
and I saw week three and my event is next week, I'm not selling all my tickets. If I got to give tickets away, if my passion is to get the information out there, yeah. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get folks in the room because 95% of my referrals, because I do surveys at my event, 95% mm -hmm. of the referrals for the event have come from word of mouth. Other folks have told people about my event. So if I get people in the room who mm -hmm. enjoy my event, they're going to go and talk to somebody about it. But if I don't have anybody there because I'm focused on selling a ticket and making money, mm -hmm. guess what? Nobody what hears that? about it. Yeah. So you got to you gotta That's ask good. yourself, what's the end goal? Uh -huh. You know? So, and I don't, that don't mean I'm getting everything away for free. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I have to, you know, right. I will. Whatever I need to do to, to be impactful, is, I'm going to do it. So. Yeah. Okay, and so let's talk about upcoming events for yeah. you, and then how can people keep up with you? That's website, social media, all the above. Okay, um, so my next event coming up is March 12th. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be in Hartford, Connecticut, and it's in partnership with the National African American Insurance Association. Mm. We're going to be talking about mental health in corporate America. Okay. So very good conversation, mm -hmm. um, and that's in Hartford. And then um, the second quarter calendar for Positive PR should be coming out soon. Um, we're, we're doing some different things. I had a few cities on my roster, and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where my core cities are going to be long term. Because mm -hmm. as my business is starting to pick up, mm -hmm. I'm understanding that as one person, I can't be everywhere. Now, when I get my team, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can make some things happen. <laughs> but right now, it's just me. So, uh -huh. comma, she has to figure it out. Uh -huh. um, so, so yeah, that's it. But um, my platforms on Instagram, I am at pods p-o-d-s underscore a-n-d underscore p-r that's pods and p-r um i have a personal page but i don't really use it that much and then facebook is the same thing pods underscore and underscore p-r and on youtube and my um i have a brand new person that tells me i need to use youtube more but i don't really use it like that mm -hmm, i need to mm -hmm. get better anyway it's, that. <laughs> it's pods underscore and underscore p-r as well and then um on LinkedIn, I'm Tiffany Wyellis. I'm on LinkedIn a lot because I have the training company. Mm -hmm. I, um, I speak on diversity and inclusion, and I speak on professional and personal development a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, just Tiffany Wyellis on LinkedIn if you want to connect with me. And yeah. And then my website is www.podsandpr.com. Greatness. Thank All right, you. ladies and gents. Um, as you know, I always end it with a motivational moment. Okay. It may be a scripture. A quote, something that just caught my eye, and I'm like, oh, this would be good to okay. share with the people. Okay. <laughs> so this one is a quote. Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Listen to that. So we just I'm talked about that at the beginning. And I didn't even know you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. And so let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. Every episode. So I try not to listen to music and all that But when I come here. Only thing I do is pray. Yeah. Hey, God, use my tongue for, you know, not only my guests, but also for the audience to receive something from me. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens, right? And so when I tell you my motivational moments, I'm going to say a good 90 to 95%, it hits every conversation like to the t <laughs> so is that confirmation for you that you're walking in your purpose indeed okay indeed because it's like Brianna. i mean we literally just talked about this yes <laughs> that is crazy indeed it's weird i mean at this point i'm just trying to take everything in like i told you like you know confirmations are coming here left and right i'm just at this point trying to receive yeah and so when the motivational moments come and i'm like dang this Really? Yeah, it, I mean, oh wow! Right. I'm gonna, yeah, gonna <laughs> like that happens to me often, but you're gonna have to send me that one. That is deep. It is okay. Yeah, and this is because I actually have him on. Um, I did another post. Okay, and it was from Leo. 
Boost Kaglia. I'm so sorry if I'm <laughs> your name. Please forgive me. But I actually saw him because I was doing a Bible plan. Yeah. And he had a nice quote there. And so today when I was looking up quotes, I was like, oh, that's him again. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about gifts and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Let me just put that in here. I agree with that, though. And so when I first read this, I thought about what I'm doing now, right? I feel like if I don't move now, God is going to take this away. And so if I don't continue to walk in this purpose, continue to do what I know he has for me, I am eventually going to lose it. And so, you know, certain times, like you mentioned, there's those dark times like, you know, Brie, how are you going to pay these bills, this, this, and that, mm -hmm. because I quit my job. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, if I don't do a service to God, it's going to be a bad situation for me. You know, what he gives me is going to be the best thing for me. And so when I read this, I was like, okay. This was really good. My pastor said, <laughs> and I'll let you close. My pastor said, um, a lot of times people get it confused. They have this whole mindset of work harder, work more, work smarter. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. his belief is serve more. Mm -hmm. And so he said the same kind of thing. If you make what's important to God important to you, he'll make what's important to you important to him. And so mm -hmm, whenever you whenever you give God, whatever you're working on, so if you're building your plat your podcast platform and you give this platform to God, God mm -hmm. will enlarge your territory. But it's in you serving others that you're yeah. going to reap your benefits, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just hold it to yourself or make it be what you want it to be. So that's right. why I tell people all the time, I don't sell out anymore. When I first started selling tickets, I was selling 30 tickets and that was my cap. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought I could handle. Mm -hmm. But... I was praying to God, God, enlarge my territory. God, do this. God, do that. How am I going to pray for enlargement and I'm only putting out 30 tickets? That right. don't make sense. Right. How, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I started just putting tickets out there. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I told myself and I made a promise to God, if you send me 70 people, I'm going to accommodate 70 people. When I did my first one in Atlanta, 50 people. Second one, 70-some people. Wow. Like, it just, you give it to God and mm -hmm. you serve people and you trust him. That's it. And that's the only way to go, I feel. Yeah. Like, sometimes we try to do our own thing. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to make it happen, this, this, and that. And I pray about it. Because I know everything that I do, I try to do with some type of intention. Yeah. I don't want to go in there blindfolded like, oh, Brie, I'm just going to go over and just see what happens. No. I make sure with every decision I do, God, I know you may not give me a sign now, but please give me a sign later to let me know if that was the right thing to do, right? And so... I don't know. I just, like you mentioned, I just always give it back to God. People always. ask me all the time, oh my gosh, Brie. Like, I found out that I won the finalist for the DFW Awards. I was like, me? Your favorite. Didn't you win? So, you won some contest too last I did. year where you got some equipment and stuff. <laughs> I did. So his favorite's all over you. Yeah. So you know that you're walking in your purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's going to get hazy, but it doesn't matter. You just got to keep trusting him. And mm -hmm. it's like a video game. So every level unlocks the next gift for you. And so you mm -hmm. got to take that first step. You got to be obedient, even when it doesn't make sense to you. Because yes. it's when you take that first step that you're going to unlock the next level and keep going and keep going and keep going. Beautiful. With that being said, I promise y'all we're going to close it out. <laughs> you um, were at the Millennial Conference. Yeah. And you had this great quote. Obedience over sacrifice. Yeah. We're going to leave it with this. Wow. How, like, where did that concept come from? The Bible. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> Obedience is better than sacrifice, man. Look, it's, it's so many things I did. When I was living in Texas, and this really is my last point, mm -hmm. I was living in Texas. When I first lost my job, 
I had a friend who had a trucking company. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you know what? He taught, he came here, he drove to Texas, sat down with me, taught me how to run the load board, how to call and broker loads, do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to start a trucking company. God didn't put that on my heart. Mm -hmm. That was me trying to replace my income so I didn't cause like any detriment to my family, yeah. okay? Look how God played with me. He played me. <laughs> so, yeah, you played me, God. Um, so, so I went. I paid all this money for my, my license, paid for this, paid for that. I spent probably over my, close to $2,000. Mm -hmm. Then my husband went, got a, a check. We had a $40,000 check in hand to go buy us a truck, did all this stuff. Couldn't find a driver to drive the, drive the truck. I put my, my job posting on Indeed. I put it in churches. I put it at the unemployment office. My brother done started a trucking company. He's up. He's running. He got a driver. I could not find a driver to drive my truck. No, God no. never told me to start a trucking company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wanted to start a trucking company because I wanted to replace my income. Mm. And because I did that, I lost over $2,000, had you know all these wow. things going on, and couldn't find somebody to drive my truck. As soon as I started working on Paws and PR, mm -hmm. it started taking off. Right. Immediately. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I caused myself all that hurt for no reason. Mm -hmm. I could have been starting a positive PR months ago, mm -hmm. and I could have been further along. Right. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I hope y'all got y'all pen and paper today. Because <laughs> <laughs> who was dropping jewels today was Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you. Right. <laughs> well, um, this is it, you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Did you want to leave with another tidbit, anything of that nature? Anything you feel like we left out? No, I think you covered everything. Thank you for having me. It was you're really so a pleasure. Welcome. Yeah. Yes. All right, you guys. If you're listening to this morning, noon, night, evening, whatever the case may be, I hope you have a great one. And thank you so much. Hey guys, for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at what's good podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see and I can also respond back to you guys. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates. Thank you. Have a good one.